It's amazing to me how many people desire to grow in their walk with God, regardless of where they are in the journey. So they ask for more faith. Many people pray for it. Other people say, if I come to church, maybe I'll just serendipitously get it. However, the scripture is very clear about how we get more faith. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God as Romans chapter 10 verse 17 reminds us. So our prayer for you as you hear this message is that your faith would go from where it is to where God intends it to be. Grow as you hear this word. y'all but just just I think we're missing something here in this moment we just say about him lifting us up has anybody in this room ever needed to be lifted I need y'all to talk back to me have you ever been in a situation that you really needed God to lift you have you ever cried and you couldn't call nobody the tears met under your chin oh I wish somebody would talk back to me in this place when we first started this song she could barely sing it because sometimes you gotta look back at what he's brought you and y'all too quiet for me in this church today because there are so many testimonies in this building some of you have not gotten the mic and been able to tell it all but if you had 10,000 tongues you would not be able so sometimes we may get a little rowdy and that's all right but some of y'all are a little too quiet in this place because God has truly been good to you you may not have everything that you want but you have everything that you need you have breath in your body I need you to turn my mic up you got breath in your body you have activities of your limbs God has been real 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 good to you I'm going to ask you the same question. Is there anything too hard? I feel that in the spirit right now. Somebody in this building needs to know. God is asking you a question. Is there anything too hard for me? I feel the Lord saying that in this room right now. Is there anything? The scripture says, I am the Lord. You're God. Then he asks you a question. First he tells you who he is. I am the Lord. Then he says, I am your God. Then he asks you a question. Is there anything too hard for me? And my answer is no, Lord.
God. Mighty and awesome God. You're so mighty you were able to be both lion, oh God, and the lamb. We call you holy because there is nothing and no one like you, oh God. That's how awesome you are, oh God. Your people do not forget how mighty you are. Whatever we're standing up to in our week, your people will stand and say, we have a mighty God who fights for us. We have a mighty God who cares for us. He said, cast your cares because I, I care for you. And a God who is mighty, who cares for me. Jesus will care for every need that I have. Oh God, you are awesome. God, you are mighty. And there is no one like you. And that is why we have come together to worship and praise you. Oh mighty, mighty God. We give you praise, honor, and glory, oh God. Because it just ain't right to give it to nothing else. We lift you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the mighty God right there, family. That's a testimony for somebody. That might be the only thing you got to say to your co-worker this week. My God is an awesome God. My God reigns. I feel the Lord going in another direction. I don't know what's happening in the building right now, but somebody needs to trust God today. I'm trying to think about, okay, what are we going to do as a shamanic solo? And I just heard the Lord say that somebody needs to really trust him. Now, I know we always say that, and, it, and we say it so much in the church that it becomes like we become deaf to it. But see, when you trust God, it gets real different. Because you got to trust him when you're in the house alone. You got to trust him when you're in the car alone. You got to trust him sometimes when you're on your job and ever had a crazy boss <laughs> you gotta trust him you gotta trust him for your provision we sing the songs he's Jehovah Jireh he's, he's our healer and so forth and so on but see there comes a time where you're gonna have to stand the new kids the kids today got a new saying y'all it's called you gotta stand on business there comes a time where the saints of God have to stand on business where what's in the text has to come alive in you let me say, when you learn something and every week we come here and Pastor Kerry preaches and we get a good message, but with everything we learn, there has to be a test. I'm going to say it again. With everything we learn, there has to be a test. How will we know if we've learned it? If there's no test. So you're mad and you're angry and you're disgruntled and you're discouraged because you're being tested on the very thing that you've learned. 
may I submit to you that if you're in your testing season, that is the time to trust. What does that mean, Lexi? That means that no matter what I see, I trust you. I know what my bank account says. I got more bills than I have money, but I trust you. I understand what the doctors just told me, but I, this is the time where I gotta trust you. I know that my marriage is falling apart, but I, I just talked about how mighty you are. This is the moment that you cannot miss. Can I help you? God does love us and he does see us cry, but you know what makes him move? Not your tantrums. What makes God move is if you trust him. I'm sorry, that's a hard word. I know you want to hear the check is in the mail and turn around three times and, and just look in seven days, he's going to fix it. But the real thing, what the Bible says, this is a Bible church, right? That's what Pastor Kerry says. We're a Bible church. We might as well read the word. We're a Bible church. Well, if you're, if you're a Bible church, let's go by the word. The word says that you can't even please him without faith. The word's not going to change because you're crying. Have faith. The word's not going to change because you're discouraged. Have faith. The word is not going to change because you're upset. Have faith. The word ain't going to change because you want to make it turn around right now. Have faith. When you have faith in God, it wakes him up and he goes, oh, now I can hear you. Now you're talking my language. When you get up in the morning and you start talking that crazy talk, he don't hear that. You ain't talking his language. His language is, God, I trust you. God, I don't know where the money's coming from. I don't know how you're going to heal my body. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know you. And I know you care about me. And I'm going to stand on business. And no matter what I see and no matter what I hear, I'm going to trust you. Today's that day. Today's that moment. This is that time. It's time out for a feel-good message that ain't getting you nowhere. How's that working for you? What's going to work for you is trusting in the only God that there is. The truth and only living God. That's what's going to bring you out of your situation. Don't believe me? I've been healed. So many testimonies on this stage. Raise your hand if God ever brought you out of a seemingly, oh, okay, oh, 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 okay. Almost everybody in the building, then what are we doing? What are we talking about? If he did it before, the same God that brought you out of that one, the one that you raised, you, that made you raise your hand, that one right there, the same God that brought you out of that. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. You know, I'm so grateful to the Holy Spirit because he knows what we need. And this past week, I've had several meetings and several times of prayer with members of this church who are going through what I would call some serious dark times of the soul. It's amazing to me how some Christians um, get irritated with you spending so much time with the same people until they become that people. Let me say that again. Pastor, why you spend so much time praying for the same people until you become the person that needs that kind of prayer? 
And there are some people who are in situations, you all, that maybe you have enough grace to push through. But I've had a member of our church jump off of a parking bridge and kill herself. Do you hear me? And I wonder to myself, is there something I could have said? Is there a prayer I could have prayed? Could I have just let her know a little bit more that I'm there for her? And I don't want anybody in this church to be irritated with people who need help. Amen. Come on, somebody. We need to be a church that loves people and prays for people. But I'm grateful for the reminder in that song that our tears and our crying and our ranting and our raving, that don't move God. And even sometimes our own discouragement and depression, that doesn't always move God. But what will move God is trusting Him. And I don't know where you are, and I don't know what you're going through, and I don't know how backed up you are against the wall, but if you trust Him, God is able to do exceeding and abundantly above anything you could ask. Listen, I am a witness. Take it from somebody who has had chronic depression my whole life. But God can be the lifter up of a bowed down head. I was in hospice and God can be a healer. I, listen, you better hear me. Some of y'all have been living with an illness your whole life and the devil has made you think that it is impossible for God to heal you. Well, you need to look at exhibit A. I was in hospice on my way to death and God said not so. And God is no respecter of persons. And what he does for one, he will do for another. So I don't care what the doctor's diagnosis is. I don't care if the cancers come back. I don't care if you find a lump somewhere. I don't care if there's pain in your body right now. God is able to do what he said he would do. I need you to believe him for it. I don't care if your bank account is in a negative. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And he's able to do what he can do. Are you hearing me? So let the redeemed of the Lord say something. Let the redeemed of the Lord open up your mouth and tell the devil, get thee behind me. Your praise makes the devil run. Your worship makes the devil run. I don't know how much it'll cost you, but give him praise. Give him praise. He's able. He's able. He's able. God is able. Three people next to you, God is able. Come on, tell them, tell them. They might need to hear it. God is able. Mm. Ah. <laughs> Can I tell you what the devil does? Listen. The, the devil will make you forget what you need to remember. You've been broke before. You've been threatened to have your stuff taken before. Folk that walked out on you before. Folk that broke your heart before. You've been backed up against the wall before. The doctor's report came back negative before. Your kids have been in trouble before. By God. By God. Come on, somebody. Look back over your life and think about the things he's brought you through and know he's the same God. He's the same God. He's the same God. He's the same God. He is the exact same God. <laughs> the devil don't understand you 
when he looked at your situation and your praise does not match your situation. He thought that when he threw all that the kitchen sink at you that you would crawl up in a corner and die. But here you are in church with your hands lifted. He doesn't understand why you got in the car and you drove to the house of worship with everything. He don't understand. He thought, he thought you would just forget God. He thought you would just say God ain't able. But you know him too well. I gotta move, I gotta move, I really do. Um, to all of our veterans. Do we have any veterans in the building? Any veterans, veterans, come on. Veterans, stand up, veterans, stand up. Come on, stand up, stand up, veterans. Come on, we honor you. Come on, you all, we honor our veterans who have served our country. For those that are watching who are veterans, we are so grateful for you. Uh, the, the privileges that we enjoy on a regular basis. We enjoy those because of the sacrifices that you've made, and we are so grateful for all of our veterans. Amen. And we thank God for you. Um, I want to remind those of you all who were here last week, and we preached a special message about believing God, really sun stands still, and having a sun stand still kind of faith, believing that God is able to do the impossible. We, we said that we wanted to believe God for people that are far from God to come to know him. And also maybe something in your life that is an impossibility that you're believing for God to do. If a man can tell God, God, I need the sun to stay still because I got some stuff I need to do. And God will make the sun stand still to let a man do what he got to do. How much more will God do for you if you got enough faith to say, God, I need you to move this mountain and I need you to open this door. And so for those of you that have uh, shared the gospel with somebody and somebody's made a decision for Christ, uh, we want to let you know, please write that stuff, that write those names down on any kind of piece of paper. Put them here on the altar. Let us know those names of the people that have been won to the Lord. Maybe you're praying for somebody. Maybe you believe in God for somebody to be saved, for somebody to be delivered, for somebody to be set free. We encourage you to write in faith those names of those people that you want us to pray for our prayer team is praying and we believe in God with you for God to do the impossible amen anybody know that God can do the impossible he's able to do it please continue to lift up Israel and Palestine and it is so interesting how many people are turning this into a, a point of division like are you for Palestine or are you for Israel um, you all we're for peace we're for peace, and we believe that God is able to, even in the midst of what seems to be an impossible scenario, uh, God is able to still do the impossible. And so we pray for all of those that are being affected uh, by this unbelievably tragic war. Uh, we pray for those who have lost lives on both sides. We're praying for God's comfort, and we're praying again for God to bring peace and to bring wisdom to our leaders. Lastly, you all, we have been in a partnership for the past several years with the church in New Jersey, the St. Luke Episcopal Church, and uh, it's been a wonderful time of talking about race and racism and ways to overcome that. Kind of on the heels of the George Floyd uh, situation, our churches came together and almost every other Wednesday. We meet online. But I want to let you all know about something we're planning uh, for Dr. King's birthday in January, Dr. King's birthday weekend. Both of our churches are going to be going to Washington, D.C. Uh, to share together, but also to visit the African-American Smithsonian Museum. Any of you all that have not visited that museum, it is one of the greatest museums in the world of African-American history. But also we're going to be visiting the Holocaust Museum and sharing with some dignitaries and with some churches and with some elected officials, uh, doing some great things in the D.C. area. So those that want to join us and are interested in that, please just Kind of mark your calendars for the Dr. King birthday weekend. It's an official federal holiday, and so we'll be gone that Friday through Monday in Washington, D.C. So if you're interested in that, just please mark your calendars, and we'll hear more about that later. Let's pray.
God, we love you. And we thank you that you are a God who is able to do the impossible. God, would you speak to us as you always do? Help us to get an understanding of who you are and who you called us to be. It is critical, God, in these days that those of us who are alive have an understanding of what it means to be a Christian. Give us that understanding. And we'll be so very careful, God, to give you all the glory and the honor and praise in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. For this entire year, you all, God has been leading me to share messages that will help those who are far from God, who are even skeptical about Christianity, to come to a greater understanding about God. And what we did was we approached it from an apologetic, and that's just a fancy word of saying, building an intellectual argument for people who have deep questions about why would Christians still serve Christ or still be a part of Christianity when, when they believe that Christianity has a lot of negative uh, components. So we talked about a lot of different things, and I'm not going to go back and rehash it, but we talked about the Bible and why it is uh, able to be believed. How did we arrive at what we call the canon of scriptures, the 66 books of the Bible? How did we arrive at that? And if the Bible is so good, then why has it been used to do so many horrible things like uh, the Crusades and uh, even slavery? And we've talked about that, and we talked about how the Bible has often been painted as a book that is against women, uh, that is against uh, those who are people of color. Uh, we've talked about those issues, and we've talked about uh, those specific subject matters. But now, you all, uh, for these last few days of the year, uh, as we continue to get an understanding, uh, the Bible says, in all of your getting, get an understanding. And it's important because people can come to church their whole life and never get an understanding. Did you know that you can be a, a regular church attender and shouter and, and screamer and hollerer and still don't understand what you need to know? Because once church is over on Sunday, you got to live your life on Monday my back. So getting an understanding of who God is and his nature and his capabilities gives you a different kind of approach to life. But today you all, I want to talk about another facet, another part of understanding you as it relates to God, and it's called uh, being a dual citizen, having dual citizenship. And uh, the main text I'm going to be looking at is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. We'll get to that in, in, in a minute. But I want to talk about three points today real quick, just three things. I want to talk about our earthly citizenship. I want to talk about the application process for another kingdom, <laughs> how to enter into the other kingdom, and then finally our heavenly citizenship. So basically our earthly citizenship and how do we transfer or how do we begin to have a, a citizenship not just in the earth realm but also in the spirit realm. What is that process? And then finally our heavenly citizenship. So John's Gospel, chapter 3, John chapter 3, turn to it if you have it, John chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, John chapter 3, Jesus is meeting with one of the most intelligent uh, leaders and one of those Pharisees who really came to him at night, seeking wisdom from this incredible teacher, Jesus. And, and, and Nicodemus comes to him and says, uh, I know that you're this teacher uh, that comes from God. Nobody could really do the things you do unless they're from God. Uh, what must I do to inherit uh, eternal life? 
What must I do, Jesus, to experience eternal life? You are, I believe that's why you're here today. I believe that's why those that are watching are watching, because all of us want to know, what can I do to experience the kingdom of God? What, what can I do on this side to make my life more pleasing to God? What can I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says to him some responsive words. John 3 verse 5 says, Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, watch this now, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. So he says, he says, Jesus answers, nobody can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born of water and of Spirit. I'm so grateful that last Sunday was Baptism Sunday. Come on, somebody. Can we give God praise for baptism last Sunday? You are, listen, baptism, do, listen, baptism doesn't save you. Baptism doesn't make you born again, but it becomes an outward sign or an outward symbol of an inward change. When a person makes a decision to accept Jesus Christ as her or his Lord and Savior, what, what happens is this. At that moment, something occurs and it changes. But when you get baptized, you say, you know what? I'm going to do a visual of what has happened on the inside. When I died to Christ in the Spirit, I was resurrected a new life. When I became one with Christ, I died with him. I was buried with him. And when I also accepted Christ, I was resurrected with him. As he got up, I got up. So as I get baptized, that becomes a parallel of what happened in my spiritual life. When I go under the water, I reminded myself that my old nature is dead. The old ways are dead. The old thinking is dead. The old power over me has been canceled. And when I get up out of the water, it means I've been resurrected to a new life. Are you hearing me? That is why we immerse in baptism to do a symbol of burial and resurrection. Whether you know it or not, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, something happened to you. Whether you realize it or not, the moment you said, Jesus, I accept you and only you as my Savior and as my Lord, guess what happened? You got born of the Spirit. You got born again. He said, if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, you can only enter into it if you're born of the water and the Spirit. Watch this now. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. Your mama and your daddy, flesh, and mama and daddy birthed flesh. And guess what? Your flesh, my flesh, is against God. You don't believe that? Have you ever watched an infomercial for four hours? Or two and wonder why am I watching this infomercial and you ain't getting tired at all you just watching the infomercial have you ever opened up your Bible to try to read it and it's almost like somebody had given you propofol isn't that what Michael Jackson took that, that like you like had some kind of come on now have you ever felt like somebody almost drug you have you ever tried to pray and it felt like you could not keep your eyes open but yet you binge all a Bridgerton don't look at me like this. Listen, you have you ever wondered why your flesh does not want you to go to church but don't have no problem with you going to a Lions game? Your flesh does not want you to please God. The Bible says it is an enmity against God. That that is born of the flesh is flesh. And that that's born of the Spirit is spirit. And the only way that you can enter into spiritual things is to actually be born again. Why do I have to be born again, Pastor? Well, because flesh cannot enter into the kingdom of God. 
sinful flesh cannot enter into the kingdom of God. God cannot be pleased with sinful flesh. Uh, I need y'all to, uh, to understand this. Whenever you make a decision to choose God and to trust God, you are making a decision that the enemy cannot stand. The reason why the enemy is against you so much is because when you made the decision for Jesus, you made a decision against the flesh. You made a decision against his dominion over your life. You made a decision, listen, for him to no longer have control over your destiny. The enemy counted on you not turning to God. He did everything in his power to keep you from not turning to Jesus. As a matter of fact, even today, on your way to church, he did everything he could to try to make you not get here. But some of y'all said, you know what? God has been too good to me. God has um, opened up too many doors for me, for me to sit in this house and act like God and gave me a house to sit in. So I'm going to push my way anyway. And look what happened. When you got here, your soul got, got lifted and your heart got light and you ended up giving God some worship and you ended up getting the spirit that you needed. Why? Because the enemy was defeated once again by the decision that you made, but he cannot stand you. He cannot stand you. Stop flirting with somebody that can't stand you. Stop thinking it's cute to hang with somebody that's trying to destroy you. You all, people think I'm, I'm sometimes a little... Uh, pastor, he kind of, he kind of old-fashioned. He don't seem like he think that's funny. Well, it's not so funny to me when I realize the end game of the enemy. And it ain't nothing but just a little Hennessy. Ain't, ain't nothing but a little, well, I understand a little Hennessy ain't a lot for you, but you want to get you drunk on that because that's going to be the, the gateway alcohol to something else, to something else, and take your butt to what you used to be. Because some of y'all were buck wild back in the day. And the enemy's job is to take you back to what you were. So I don't think it's cute when I see your post. Because that's a gateway to something. That's the enemy trying to take you back. And I see sometimes the enemy's traps on people. And so you all don't think that I'm a prude and I'm somebody that's trying to be all holy and holier than thou because God knows that's not me. But I know that the enemy is after flesh. And if you give to the flesh, and if you sow up in the flesh, and you spend time on the flesh, and you hang around flesh, that is going to reap death. Because when you sow to the flesh, the end of that is death and destruction. But you got to sow to the Spirit. You know what that means? That means pushing yourself beyond what you feel. I tell my body, you don't run me. But when I get ready to pray, can I tell you something? I do not like to get up early in the morning for nobody, not even Jesus. Did I just see what I just heard? Yes. I'm not a morning person. But sometimes God says, get up. And I'm like, I don't want to get up. My flesh be, have you ever been in the bed, in the bed? Something got a hold on me. Oh. Have you ever had a bed get a hold on you? And no matter how time to time you hit the alarm, that snooze is continuing to go, right? But when God calls you to get up, I tell my body, listen, you can get up on your own or I'm going to take you outside in the snow because we're going to get up. Now, you can get up inside the house and get some, some tea and sit by the little fireplace and be all right, or you can get outside in the cold, but you're going to get up because you don't run this. Watch this now. Pastor, you're talking like it's two of y'all. Ah. Ah. You're talking, you're talking like you're talking to yourself. Ah. 
Because when you get born again, watch this now, for the first time, you become a spiritual being. You are born anew, a new creation inside of your old nature. You are a spirit being that now has a soul, which is what you make decisions by, and lives in a body. Let me say it again. You are now a created being, a spirit being, that has a soul, the ability to connect with God, and the ability to make decisions, and you live in a body. Watch this now. If you don't know any better, you'll think your body is you. If you don't know any better, you'll think your body is synonymous with you. But you are a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. And your body is determined how it behaves by who runs it. I was able to lose 20 pounds. You know how? Because my body had been controlling me. And I had to make, and I, I had tried everything. I'm telling you, I had tried the little, the, going to GNC, trying to take this, and I was doing uh, all that stuff for the little exercise videos. None of that stuff was working. Until I told my body, get in line. You are not controlled by your flesh. Stop making your, stop letting your flesh think that it has power over you that it don't. Man, I, can't, I just can't help myself, Rev. Every time I see a honey, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying, man? I just can't. You can. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee. The key is you don't want to resist the devil because you like the devil too much. When you realize that you have authority over your flesh and you're not synonymous with your flesh, it causes you to be able to live a different kind of life altogether. Listen to, these, listen to this verse. It says, uh, uh, For I've told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows that they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things. And they think only about this life here on earth. Pastor, if you say that I'm in the flesh and you say that I, I'm ruled by the flesh, then give me a, a, a kind of a breakdown of how will I be able to know if I'm a person that is being ruled by my flesh. How will I know if I'm a citizen of the earth realm only and not a citizen of heaven? Well, what are those characteristics? Their God is their appetite. They brag about stuff they should be ashamed about. And they think only about this life here on earth. He says one way to determine whether or not you've been born again and whether or not your, your identity is more connected to your heavenly citizenship more than your earthly one is whether or not, first of all, uh, how, how much is your appetite for sin and for stuff that ain't got nothing to do with God? How many of us are bragging about and prideful about stuff that we should be ashamed of? I've never seen a world that is more, I gotta be careful of the word I use, more arrogant about something they should be ashamed of. Well, why would I be ashamed of it? If God tells me he hates it, 
If God tells me he's against, well, that's what the Bible says. I don't believe that. I think it was written by, so there you go. Now you're justifying your disbelief of the Bible to accommodate your sin nature. So there are people that are living in sin, and because the Bible says that what they're doing is wrong, they would rather condemn the Bible to justify the sinful appetite than to allow God's word to define what's right and what's wrong. This church will always teach what thus saith the Lord. The song just said, we sang, uh, and oh, to trust him, thus saith the Lord. We will trust what thus saith the Lord. Well, what is what thus saith the Lord? The word of God is what thus saith the Lord. And the word of God says what's right, and the word of God says what's wrong. Now, watch that snap. Can I say something? I didn't, even, I didn't even name your sin, but you're so guilty of your sin. You thought I was talking about your sin, and you got upset and salty about me talking about this thing I ain't even talked about. How can you know that you're the person that maybe is dealing with this? Because even when I talk about being, um, not being shameful of the things that you should be shameful about, you think I know what you're talking about. He's talking about me. I ain't talking about you. I don't even know you. I don't even know what, you, I don't even know what you're talking about. But your sin is speaking. And you're like, I should be ashamed of it. But I'm not ashamed of it. And because of that, I'm realizing I'm in the flesh. But watch this, verse 20. But we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we're eagerly awaiting for him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. He says, even though we're in the flesh, we're not of the flesh. Even though we're in the flesh, we're not controlled of the flesh. We are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. Romans chapter 8 verse 8 says this word. This is one, one verse. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. If we are only in our flesh, it says we cannot please God. Listen, I don't know who you are. I don't know what, what's going on in your life. And this is not here to judge you and make you feel all whatever. But the Word of God is clear that if you and I choose to live a life only regulated and only full of the flesh, it is impossible to please God. We cannot please God. On my best day, my righteousness are nothing but filthy rags before him. When I try to do my best, have you tried to do your best? When I try to do my best, my best against his holiness is filth. When I try to be nice to people, my trying to be nice is going to fall short of the mark. I tried to do my best. Your best is not going to be good enough because it's impossible to be good enough. Your flesh cannot please God. So stop trying to make flesh something that it was never intended to be. So how do I become a citizen of heaven? You all, uh, I, I'm actually uh, traveling tomorrow to Brazil, and I'm going to be in Brazil till the 28th of this month. Now, there are people who have, who have dual citizenships, but when you go to certain countries, it requires a visa. That means that before you can walk up in them people's country, they need to see some documentation before you decide to come up into their nation. I'll go say, unless it's the United States, you just come through the southern border. But anyway, that's a whole other point. Um, all right. <laughs> Forgive me, Jesus. All right. Um, so here it is. 
There are people who have enough sense to know if you want to go on a cruise and you want to go to Cancun and you want to go to your little, you know, your little, you're going to get you a passport. And I, I, honey, I, I'm, going, I'm going to Cancun. And I'm going to get me a passport because I know I can't get to my vacation spot without the, pra- the proper paperwork. Well, if you think you need to have the proper paperwork to go to Cancun, what makes you think you're just going to bust up in heaven without the right paperwork? When I die, I'm just going to go to heaven without the right documentation. I don't care what you say to them people at, 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 at the uh, customs counter. Hey, you know, my, my name is Harvey. You know, I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor. I'm a man of God. Okay, where's your visa? Uh, I, 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 grew up, I, grew up, I grew up in poverty. I've overcome a lot of obstacles. Where is your visa? It don't matter what I say to those people, unless I can present to them proper documentation, I'm not going to enter into their kingdom because their kingdom have rules and requirements for admitting. And you, no matter what you say to God, you are not going to enter into the kingdom of God with all of your talking and all of your background and all of your pedigree and all of your stuff. He want to know, where is the blood? I need to see the blood that has been put on your life because that is the proper visa to get into the kingdom of God. Oh, I know it was the blood. Y'all don't hear me now. I thank God for the blood of Jesus that washed my sins away. I thank God that when I was lost, he died upon that cross. And I know it was the blood for me. And I know that when I was in my sin and I was separated from God and I didn't know nothing about God, that he died on the cross and he shed his blood for me. And when he shed his blood, that blood was applied to the doorposts of my life. That means I have authority to walk into the kingdom of God, not in my own strength, not in my own goodness, but in the goodness of God and the blood of Christ. Is there anybody grateful for the blood of Jesus? Oh, come on, somebody. Oh, God, I'm grateful for the blood. Mm. So, Pastor, how did I become a citizen? I'm glad you asked. John 3, 7. I'm almost done. John 3, 7 says, you should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. What is my passport, Pastor? What is my visa? What is my documentation to get into the kingdom of heaven? How do I become a citizen of heaven? How do I become a citizen of the kingdom of God? You become a citizen by being born again. Well, Pastor, how do I get born again? I'm so glad that being born again ain't up to a pastor. I'm so glad that being born again isn't up to a prophet or a missionary. I'm so glad being born again ain't up to you because I may never fulfill your requirements. I may not be good enough to to, to fulfill what you desire, but I'm grateful that when I say, Jesus, I accept you as my Savior and Lord. I'm trusting you and only you to direct my life. That at that moment, I am born of the Spirit. (laughs) Is there anybody here that's ever said, Jesus, I trust you as my Savior? I just need to know, are there at least two or three people in this room that have said, Jesus, I bend the knee. Jesus, I accept you as my sovereign God. Well, if that's you, you are born again. And if that's not you, you need to be born again. Listen, please don't let the devil fight your flesh into making a decision to trust Jesus. If Jesus is telling you yes, then why is everything in you pushing against it? Your flesh. Don't you do that. 
Don't you pray that prayer. Don't you accept that. Because your flesh knows the moment you do that, he loses his power over you. Listen, you better hear me now. I didn't say join the church. I didn't say join this church. I'm talking about joining Jesus. The moment you make the decision to join Jesus, your flesh will no longer have control over you. That's why he's fighting you at every turn for you not to say yes. And so he says, the way to enter into this kingdom, you must be born again. Well, I'm done. The last point. If I have dual citizenship, I know what it's like to be in the flesh. I know what I must do to get in the spirit. I got to be born again. Now, what happens when I get into this heavenly fellowship? I'm glad you asked. Hebrew 13, verse 14. For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. I remember when God called me to this church when I was in college. The place between this place and, uh, and what God said in college was Chicago, the Salem Baptist Church of Chicago. And in the natural you all, this is a heaven sent. It's a mega church. I'm the number two guy in a 15,000 member church on TV every week. When I was the youth pastor, the pastor said, oh, man, you've been doing such a good job. I, I think we're going to bless you one day. I said, good. One day on a Sunday, he said, look, turn your attention on the screen. The church gave me a BMW 7 Series payphone. Now, how many of y'all know that if you had been given a 7 Series and a big salary and thousands of people liking you and you call yourself being called to Detroit, you might have been like, ah, maybe not. But I want to honor the Lord for my wife because our entire time in Chicago, because we got married when I was in college, the entire time in Chicago living in Beverly Hills, Chicago, with a, with a seven series in the, in the garage, my wife still had boxes. Because she said, you know what? This is not our permanent home. Even though we get everything in the natural here, this is not our home. So I'm living in boxes for where I'm knowing I'm going. And when we got to Detroit, then she unpacked all the boxes. Where the Bible says the earth is not our home. Stop building your life to unpack all your stuff on this side. But you got to build for the home that you're going to have for eternity. This world is not your home. Stop giving your all to a boss that can't stand you. Stop giving your all to a world that is not your home. But build your hope for things eternal. And build your treasures for things that are on high. So here's the last piece. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 4. Thank you, Lord. Verse 1. Therefore, since, God, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. <laughs> Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways because when I'm born in the kingdom, the things that I should be ashamed of, I am ashamed of. I have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. I thank God and I pray. I don't know who's going to ever be successful here, but I pray that they would never distort the word of God to accommodate the people. We do not distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. 
And watch this now. And even if the good news is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Those that are not saved cannot understand the word of God. Those that are not born of the spirit cannot understand the things of the spirit. Stop trying to explain to unsaved people spiritual things. They cannot be understood by the carnal or natural mind. The Bible says that we preach not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of the darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But watch this now. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. That means that when you get born of the Spirit, he places his nature inside of jars of clay inside of these broken down flesh pots that we have. That means that the things that sometimes we want to do, we don't do. How many of y'all know sometimes when you want to do good, you don't do good? And how many times you know when you want to pray, you don't pray? And when you want to forgive, you don't forgive? You've got this spirit life inside of a natural body. And it says we are hard pressed on every side. How many of y'all are hard pressed on every side? Everywhere you turn, there's trouble. He said, but guess what? When you're born again and you've got dual citizenship, hard pressed, but not crushed. <laughs> don't know what to do, perplexed. But you're not in despair that you don't know what to do because you know that the God who does know what to do is on the inside of you and he's making all things new. When you realize that God is on your side and God is within you, even though you're in the flesh and you're perplexed, you're not in despair. How many of y'all have been persecuted? When you're persecuted, but you are born again, you are not abandoned. Oh my God, I'm so grateful that I'm born again because it means that no matter what happens in the natural, I've got the spirit to counter what's happening in the natural. He says, I'm struck down, but not destroyed. I told y'all before and I'm done. <clears throat> there was a little thing called a weeble. Y'all don't know nothing about this, young people, because everything y'all got is on a, on a tablet and a pad, and, you know, y'all just looking at the devices. But back in the day, we had real toys, stuff you use with your hands. And there was a thing called a weeble. It was nothing but like a little egg, and a weeble would do like this, and they said, weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. I said, I'm going to make it fall down. I don't care what they say about it. I bought a weeble for the purpose of making it fall down. And so I got the weeble, and I put my foot on the weeble's head. And guess what? The weeble stayed down. I said, see, mama? The weeble stayed down. See? They said the weeble's mama, but they don't fall down. It stayed down. Because, look, I got my foot on it. Mama said, take the foot off of it. Bam, the weeble popped back up. Because you know what? what? What was on inside of the weeble and the way that the weeble had been designed, it meant that you might hold me down for a minute. You might have your head, you might have your foot on me for a minute, but look out, you're not going to hold me down for long because what's on the inside of me is greater than what's on the outside of me. I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't know what you're dealing with. You might be suffering. You might be in pain. You might be dealing with it, but what's in you is greater than what's on the outside of you. Get up, child of God. Get up. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye ever lifted. Who is the King of glory? Come on, give God a praise for being a God who is able to let you triumph in all things. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for dual citizenship, that we are in these flesh bodies, that we are trapped in this body. But God, we know that this body is not us. We've been born of the Spirit. And no matter what's happening in the natural, we have the ability, Lord God, to overcome and to have the ability to even say to circumstances, God is for us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? God, I pray for somebody that's discouraged. Would you be the lifter up of her head? Would you be the encourager of his soul? Remind them, God, that greater are you in them than the enemy that is in the world. His heads about and eyes are closed. Maybe you're listening. You say, Pastor, I, I believe that I need to have Jesus. I need to be born again. I need to have the right passport. Because I know if I can't get into Cancun without a passport, I know I'm not going to get to heaven without the right documents. I want to accept Jesus. And if you're listening right now, wherever you are, both in person and online, the Bible is so clear about how you can do that, how you can be a Christian, how you can be born of the Spirit. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart the Lord Jesus, that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved. One of the great things about having heard what you just had a chance to experience is that your faith has gotten stronger. There's no way that you could have heard this message and your faith has not been increased. But where do we go? How do we move from faith to faith? The Bible is very clear that if you have not really made the greatest decision of your life, which is to become a Christian, you've really missed the great joy of the journey. So wherever you are, if you would like to have a personal relationship with Christ, do what the scripture says. Call upon the name of the Lord and you can be saved. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. I receive you now as my Savior and as my Lord. I'm trusting you and only you to direct my life in Jesus' name. Congratulations, wherever you are, that means that you have become a believer. For those of you that are already believers, your faith is now stronger. Don't be merely a hearer, but be a doer, and let's change the world. If you just prayed that prayer, you have an opportunity to reach out to us and we would be honored to serve you and help you in your journey. Uh, please contact us at area code 313-871-FORT or please visit us on our website, citadeloffaith.org. That simply spells C-I-T-A-D-E-L of faith.org, all one word. We would love to hear your testimonies. We would love to hear your prayer requests. Know that you're in a partnership with us and you're not in the journey alone. Let's change the world together, one person at a time.